Hey there, friends. Welcome to the New Testament in a Year podcast. My name's Sean Bailey, and I'm excited once more to continue this journey with you through the New Testament. The New Testament's where we're going to be exploring the life, the ministry, the mission of Jesus Christ and the follow-through of his disciples of building the church, sharing the gospel with all who could hear it to the ends of the earth. Today we're going to continue that. So grab your Bible if you can and listen closely if you will. Today we're going to be in Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. Now before we get into all those verses, this is a pretty, pretty long chapter. We're looking at about 60 verses. 60 verses in chapter 7. We've got a lot here to, to look at. If we, if you remember from the previous chapter in chapter 6, we were um, introduced to Stephen. Well, this is a continuation of Stephen and the story of the first Christian martyr. We're going to look at the significant events that we're going to see here. Today we're going to see, um, it really is a pivotal moment in Christian history. Stephen's going to deliver this unbelievable speech, a profound speech that recounts Israel's history and leads to a just this confrontation with the religious leaders. Watch what happens. Watch as he's accused and how bold he is and the spirit-filled response that Stephen's going to be giving to his accusers. Watch then for Stephen to have this vision of the heavens open up. Be listening for that. And look for the events that lead up to his death. He's a, a martyr. Someone that gives his life for a cause. He's the first one recorded in the Bible of giving his life for his belief in Jesus Christ. And so let's read this scripture together. So uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 7. We'll start in verse 1. Let's read together Stephen's sermon, verse 1, Acts chapter 7. Are these things true? The high priest asked. Brothers and fathers, he replied, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran and said to him, Leave your country and relatives and come to the land that I will show you. And then he left the land of the Chaldeans and he settled in Haran. From there, after his father died, God, gave, God had him moved to this land in which you are now living. He didn't give him an inheritance in it, not even a foot of ground but he promised to give it to him as a possession and to his descendants after him, even though he was childless. God spoke in this way. His descendants would be strangers in a foreign country and they would enslave and oppress them for 400 years. I will judge the nation that will serve as slaves, God said. After this, they will come out and worship me in this place. And so he gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision. After this, he fathered Isaac, and he circumcised him on the eighth day. Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob became the father of, tr of twelve patriarchs. Stephen continues his sermon. He says, The patriarchs became jealous of Joseph and sold him into Egypt. 
but God was with him and rescued him out of all of his troubles. He gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who appointed him ruler over Egypt and over his whole household. Now a famine and great suffering came over all of Egypt and Canaan, and our ancestors could find no food. When Jacob heard there was grain in Egypt, he sent out our ancestors there the first time. The second time, Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. Joseph invited his father Jacob and his relatives, 75 people in all, and Jacob went down to Egypt. He and our ancestors died there, were carried back to Shechem, and were placed in a tomb that Abraham had bought for a sum of silver from the sons of Hamor and Shechem. Verse 17, as the time was approaching, and this is still Stephen's sermon, sorry, as the time was approaching to fulfill the promise that God had made to Abraham, the people flourished and multiplied in Egypt until a different king who did not know Joseph ruled over Egypt. He dealt deceitfully with our race and oppressed our ancestors by making them abandon their infants outside so that they wouldn't survive. At this time, Moses was born. And he was beautiful in God's sight. He was cared for in his father's home for three months. When he was put outside, Pharaoh's daughter adopted and raised him as her own son. So Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in his speech and actions. Well, when he was 40 years old, he decided to to visit his own people, the Israelites. When he saw one of them being mistreated, he came to the rescue and avenged the oppressed man by striking down the Egyptian. He assumed his people would understand that God would give them deliverance through him, but they did not understand. The next day he showed up while they were fighting and tried to reconcile them peacefully, saying, Men, you are brothers. Why are you mistreating each other? But the one who was mistreating his neighbor pushed Moses aside, saying, Who appointed you a ruler and judge over us? Do you want to kill me the same way you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When he heard this, Moses fled and became an exile in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. After forty years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, in the flame of a burning bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. As he was approaching to look at it, the voice of the Lord came, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. Moses began to tremble and did not dare look. The Lord said to him, Take off the sandals from your feet, because the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt, and I have heard their groaning and come down to set them free. And now come, and I will send you to Egypt. This Moses, whom they rejected when they said, Who appointed you a ruler or a judge? This one God sent as a ruler and a deliverer through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. This man led out and performed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt, at the Red Sea, and in the wilderness for 40 years. Stephen goes on with his sermon. He said, This is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me among your brothers. He is the one who was sent in the assembly in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to them on Mount Sinai and with our ancestors. 
He received living oracles to give to us. Our ancestors were, were unwilling to obey him. Instead, they pushed him aside and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. They told Aaron, make us gods who will go before us. As for this Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. They even made a calf in those days, offered sacrifice to the idol, and were celebrating what their hands had made. God turned away and gave them up to worship the stars of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. And he references, House of Israel, did you bring me offering and sacrifices for 40 years in the wilderness? You took up the tent of Moloch and the star of your god Rephan, the images that you made to worship. So I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. He ends that quote and then he continues. Our ancestors had the tabernacle of the testimony in the wilderness, just as he who spoke to Moses commanded him to make it according to the pattern he had seen. Our ancestors in turn received it and with Joshua brought it in when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before them until the days of David. He found favor in God's sight and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. It was Solomon, rather, who built him a house. But the Most High does not dwell in sanctuaries made with hands, as the prophet says. And then he goes on and reads, quotes Isaiah. says, Heaven is my throne, and its earth, and the earth my footstool. What sort of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what will be my resting place? Did not my hands make all these things? He ends that quote and now continues in his sermon. You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You are always resisting the Holy Spirit. As your ancestors did, you do also. Which of the prophets did your ancestors not persecute? They even killed those who foretold the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You received the law under the direction of the angels, yet have not kept it. He ends his sermon. Says this, verse 54 now. When they heard these things, they were enraged and gnashed their teeth at him. Stephen full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. They yelled at the top of their voices, covered their ears, and together rushed against him. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their garments at their feet of the young men of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this against them. And after saying this, fell asleep. That is the end of chapter 7 of Acts. Let's pause for a moment and then let's reflect on what we read and try to find application with this in our lives.
Whew, that's a lot. Verses 1 through 60. The majority of that was the sermon that Steve, that Stephen preached. And, and he came to a climactic point where he was, I mean, he was attacking verbally. As he said, listen, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised hearts and ears, you're always resisting the Holy Spirit. He was bold, and he did not hold back as the Spirit allows him allows us to be bold. He reviewed that history and laid it out for him. Now think about this. As we read this scripture, we can recognize God's faithfulness even in the face of our shortcomings. Stephen's great example of responding to opposition with grace, with truth, with boldness, but with grace. Think about a current challenge in your life. How can you respond to it with grace and a Christ-like attitude and approach like Stephen? Also think about how Stephen faced fear with confidence. He was fearless. He had a fearless trust in God, even in the face of persecution, even in the face of his death, of him being stoned. He was fearless and he trusted God. Fear. Fear is real. Identify fear or anxiety in your life. Let's pray for strength. To face it with great confidence in God. Follow Stephen's example again as praying for forgiveness for his persecutors. Lord, forgive them, he said. Forgive them. Don't hold this sin against them. Wow. When we're being attacked, can we use that example of Stephen? Pray for forgiveness of those who persecute you. Ask God for grace and forgiveness for them. Stand firm. This chapter today gives us, should give us great courage to stand strong, stand firm in our faith, regardless of the persecution that comes. For we get to see heavens open up and we are promised our eternal home in heaven. We are our only, only visitors of this land. Our citizenship is in heaven. Let's embrace that truth. In the face of any fears, any anxieties, any worries we have, let us stay graceful. Let us have a Christ-life heart and great boldness, just like Stephen. What an amazing example. Stephen, the first martyr, first Christian martyr, a perfect example for us to be like Stephen, as he was striving to be like Christ. Thank you for joining me today in this powerful story of Stephen. I hope that it challenges you and inspires you in your journey of faith as we move next time to Acts chapter 8. We're going to see the uh, ever-unfolding narrative of the early church. So let's watch what happens next. May you find strength and courage and your walk with Christ continue to grow. God bless you. I hope to talk to you soon.